Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you. Hello, this is Pastor Selwyn Q. Backus with the Word for Your Walk broadcast from the sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church in the wonderful city of Omaha. We're glad you're with us, so please join us as our worship is already in progress. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, provision for renewal, <clears throat> provision for renewal. We've been exploring and examining the path of the Lord's people from Babylonian captivity to renewal and release, a renewal that would allow them to return to the holy and hallowed city of Jerusalem inhabit the surrounding areas of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, and rebuild the sacred, sanctified, and consecrated permanent place of worship, the temple in Jerusalem. Now, I know that I've been preaching on this subject much of the year, and I hope and pray that many of the points of emphasis and importance previously shared have found a place of permanence in your hearts and in your minds and can be called on in the moments that you seek and experience renewal and release. And even as we seek to communicate the manner in which the Lord provided for the opportunity for renewal and release for his people, there are a couple of underlying concepts that must be raised in order to further gain insight into what the Lord is doing in the lives of his people in Ezra chapter 1 uh, and in our lives on today. And one of those concepts is the matter of divine position. <clears throat> divine position can be described as the Lord manip manipulating, managing, and maneuvering the context, contents, and components of your life in a manner by which his will is accomplished in your life. <clears throat> now, what is not always accepted is why the Lord does so, when he does so, and how he does so. And yet, even in those moments of not comprehending the why, when, and how, a reminder that the Lord's, are not, Lord's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways is helpful. 
and remembering that his thoughts at times are as far above ours as the sky is from the earth. In other words, child of God, the Lord knows what he's doing. Even when we don't quite understand it ourselves. Let me take a moment to raise some examples that might be relevant to you on today and ring a bell as you look back over your life. For someone, it was that moment in your career when you encountered hellish and hard-hearted co-workers that made your life difficult and demanding. And down the road, you look back at those moments and realize in retrospect that the Lord had positioned you there because you are going to have to manage and supervise those kinds of people when the Lord elevated you and promoted you. You see, you would not know how to handle them if you had never had to interact and intermingle with some of those hellions in the first place. Divine positioning. Someone, it was a serious setback as a result of a disappointment or defeat and some aspiration in life. A setback that seemed to have taken the wind out of your sail and stolen your motivation to move forward and yet you recycled the hurt of that moment and allowed it to fuel the fire that allowed you to ultimately fulfill the destiny the Lord had designated for your life and your future. For many, it was the sting of heartbreak, despair, and pain of a lost relationship or friendship from which you never believed you would recover. And in the midst of that deep darkness, the Lord allowed that position to be your dwelling place for you to renew your love and appreciation for yourself, realizing you cannot gain the kind of outward love you're looking for if you have not nurtured an inward love that allows you to be whole even if it seems like you're by yourself. You see, that's divine positioning. It is a position that only the Lord can cause or allow. Because it is a position that ultimately uh, is for your good. And that's where these former Babylonian captives find themselves in Ezra chapter 1. In a position, a place that the Lord allowed to make them better and stronger and more able to accomplish his divine purpose. And just like these former Babylonian captives, many listening on today, you were convinced by the enemy. You were convinced by the devil in all of his manifestations that you would not survive that divine position because of its adversity, its complexity, and for some, its obscurity. 
seemingly insignificant and in, unimportant, but thank the Lord today. The Lord had a purpose for your adversity, a purpose for your complexity, and for many, a purpose for your obscurity. Oh, those moments of obscurity <clears throat> when it was dark and drab in life. And that purpose, child of God, for that adversity and complexity and obscurity was to gain your attention and to demand your dependence. Oh, church is quiet. I can't hear nobody talking today. Uh, it was to gain your attention and demand your dependence. Now, now be patient with me. I'm going to get to the provision, but this is a point that needs to be made. You see, the Lord does not always gain and garner your attention when life is easy. It doesn't always get your attention when the seas are placid and peaceful, when the roses are blooming, when the sun is shining and the birds are singing pleasant melodies. Our attention and awareness is focused on the prosperity and pleasant nature of life. Oh, but when life is lean, lonely, and laborious, the Lord gets and gains your undivided, undistracted, and uninterrupted attention. That's why, uh, as he did with the former Babylonian co uh, captives and many on today, he utilizes divine positions, sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes unpleasant, and sometimes unnerving, and yet it is working ultimately for our good. So yes, we've spent a moment pondering the matter of divine position. Now, the other you should contemplate is the matter of divine preparation. Divine preparation is a combination of what the Lord causes and or allows you to experience to prepare you for his purpose and plan for your life. Now, it normally works hand in hand with divine position. The Lord divinely causes and or allows a particular position in life to coordinate the necessary experiences to prepare you for what lies ahead. Now, what is evident in the lives of the Lord's people who were formerly captives in Babylon and many who are considering this concept on today is that uh, that which is involved in our divine preparation is not always perceived as positive in the present. But what must be accounted for is that when you're in the midst of preparation, it's not always pleasant, placid, peaceful, or picturesque. At times, those experiences can be downright tempting, testing, and trying. Yet what I love about the Lord is that even as he's preparing you through those struggles and sufferings, he is skillfully and shrewdly strengthening you instead of weakening you. He is brilliantly building you instead of breaking you beyond repair. 
Actually, I want to suggest, saints of God here at the Salem Church, there are moments in life that he does exactly the opposite of what has become a trite and trivial statement in the area of faith. And that statement being, the Lord will not give you more than you can bear. Now, 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 listen clearly. I'm sure if I took a poll of those in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and those in the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church and that poll asked that you take inventory of some of the most distressing and disturbing moments in your life, you would honestly have to confess there were times that the Lord did give you more than you could bear. And yet, the next question in that poll would be, however, did you make it through? Did you survive it? Are you still here? And more than likely, your answer would be yes, because in divinely preparing you, the Lord displayed that what you cannot bear, he's able to bear. What you cannot carry, he can carry. Uh, what you cannot see through, he's already seen the other side. And he uses those moments, moments that are unclear, uncertain, and unplanned to prepare you for what he has in your future. And you don't have to shout out loud right now, but I just think there's someone here in the sanctuary of the Salem Church that you can look back over your life and testify that the Lord brought you through that whatever your that was, uh, to build your faith enough to trust that he can take you through this. Whatever your this is, I want to let you know the Lord will divinely prepare you. And it's going to allow you to conquer your current challenges. And the Lord's divine, somebody ought to shout right there. Uh, the Lord's divine positioning and his divine preparation allows you to view this text in Ezra chapter 1, rejoicing in his divine provision. I need to warn you, this is going to be a couple of Sundays I'm going to talk about his divine provision. Now there are some elements of emphasis to observe in this short text that exemplifies the Lord's provision. The first of which is this. The Lord provides strength. I'm not going to ask you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that the Lord provides strength. No, I'm not going to ask you to do that. Look at yourself and tell yourself that the Lord provides strength. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great English preacher of the 1800s, once labeled as the Prince of Preachers, is credited with this quotation. Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. Uh, we are as ships without the wind, branches without sap, and like coals without fire. We are useless. What Spurgeon was seeking to communicate is that without the spirit, without uh, the presence and power of the Lord, it's almost impossible to accomplish anything of divine consequence or significance. It is certainly the case as the Lord's people are readying themselves to return to Jerusalem to renew their right for worship in the temple, 
and restore their place as the Lord's chosen. To do this, they needed the strength of the Lord. They needed his power to empower them to carry out the task before them. And we must take into account the undertaking before them. Even the initial journey of returning to Jerusalem was a monumental effort. Remember, family of God, there was no transit and travel by planes, trains, and automobiles. The journey would be arduous and agonizing. This journey would, be, would not be a leisurely stroll from Babylon to Jerusalem. Consider this. The hazardous journey they face is believed to have been some 900 miles. A journey through arid, barren, parched territories, facing groups that would do them harm just as easily as they would help them. It is apparent those who would be returning would need the Lord to provide them strength. This journey would require strength in various areas in their lives. Clearly, first of all, the Lord, uh, those who were returning to Jerusalem, would need physical strength. That's the first sub-point of this first point for those who need three points. Those who were returning to Jerusalem would need physical strength. They would need the Lord to provide the physical wherewithal to fight through the physical frustration of becoming weak and worn on their journey during the draining days under uh, the sun's heated rays and even the physical strength to endure the long nights resting in uncomfortable environs and surroundings. And someone knows that struggle on today. When you've given your all physically and have you ever been there when it seems like your tired is tired sounds like somebody knows what I'm talking about well, on those days when your tired is tired you, to rem you need to remember what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 29 through 31, where Isaiah declares the Lord is a strength giver. He's a strength provider. The Lord is the source and supplier of your strength. Listen to what the prophet declares. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Oh, but I love verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I'm trying to tell you on today that the Lord can give you physical strength in your weakest moment. Remember, the Lord is able to do it if you just wait on him. Oh, uh, yeah, when you get home today, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm working on my weight. 
Because when I wait on him, he will renew my strength. Uh, But not only did they need the Lord to provide physical strength, they needed the Lord to provide mental strength. That's the second sub-point of point number one for those who need three points. They needed the Lord to provide mental strength. Now listen to this, listen to this. Somebody ought to tweet this. Understand, family of God, when the enemy cannot gain victory through weariness of the body, he begins to attack worry of the mind. Y'all may not agree, but I think I just said something. If he cannot gain victory through weariness of the body, He begins to attack the worry of the mind. That's why the Lord provides mental strength. Certainly it would have been a concern of those returning to the city of Jerusalem and its surroundings, imagining the destruction they were returning to, envisioning the danger they would encounter as they made their journey. Imagine the worry of their mind when they questioned if they would ever be able to return the sacred temple and the holy city to its prior glory, grandeur, and splendor. Understand, it was true then and it's true now. When the mind focuses on the possibilities of the negative and the imaginations of the adverse, it squeezes out optimism, hope, and positive expectations. Or when you focus on the negative, it squeezes out the promise of potential. The worries of the unknown drown out the ability to envision what the Lord has promised in your future. Remember, the Lord had promised he would return them to Jerusalem. He promised they, he would, uh, they, that they would rebuild the temple. He promised he would restore <clears throat> the cities of Judah. And yet, if the worries of their minds had suffocated and smothered the Lord's promise in their minds, they would have never had the strength to take the first step towards their renewal uh, and their release. That's why I love what the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 and 4. It's a promise to those who believe in the Lord Jesus. When the enemy attacks with the worries of the mind, he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. The Lord is everlasting strength. I'm simply trying to tell somebody on to this Sunday morning. Uh, listen, when your mind is stayed on the Lord. When your mind is fixated on the Lord. When your mind is focused on the Lord. The enemy cannot win the battle of worry in your mind. I'm really almost done, y'all. Not only did they need the Lord to provide physical strength, they needed the Lord to provide mental strength. And the third sub-point for those who need three points, they needed the Lord to provide spiritual 
strength. Now remember I shared with you earlier, when the enemy cannot gain victory through weariness of the body, he begins to attack the worry of the mind. And if he cannot, cannot gain victory through the attack uh, of worry of the mind, he begins to attack the worship in your spirit. I told you he was sly, y'all. He's slick. You see, when the enemy weakens your worship, he gains a foothold in your spirit. Now, there may be some times you experience some effects of the enemy attacking your spiritual well-being. And he's done so by aggressively assaulting your worship. I told you, the enemy is slick and sly. And let me add to that, he's shady. And he's so slick, shy, sly, and shady that at times he craftily and cunningly clouds your mind into thinking your worship is simply confined to public worship. And as a result, you're convinced that he's not attacking your worship because you're in worship on Sunday morning. Well, be reminded today where the enemy is most effective in spiritual warfare and where he's most successful at sapping the strength of your spirit is when he assaults and assails your private worship. And he ambushes your private prayer and causes you to abandon your private times of meditation on the Word of God. Now let me give you just a few results and examples of his attacks on your spirit through your personal worship. And, 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 and if you're not taking notes, you ought to go back uh, uh, on BoxCast or Facebook and write these down, jot them down because they may have already developed in your life and you didn't even know it. And your spiritual strength has been sapped because of the attack on your private worship, your private prayer time, your private time in the Word. And it results in those moments when you begin to feel discouraged, when you begin to feel defeated, and demoralized. That's when he's attacking your personal worship. When you begin to doubt the Lord's goodness towards you. When you've lost your trust in his plan and purpose for your life. When the guilt and shame and condemnation that should be buried and cast away begins to arise in your mind once again. When you feel as if you do not belong to the Lord or his family. And even you feel as if the Lord is somehow rejecting you as his child. L listen, you can rest assured the enemy is in attack mode when you begin to feel frustration and aggravation about living out the calling that the Lord has placed on your life. 
When you have a lack of peace and calm and it's been replaced with irritation and spiritual exhaustion. And certainly when the Lord has placed before you his divine assignment for your life and you would rather give in on that assignment than grapple with the enemy knowing that it's worth the fight to carry out what the Lord has placed in your life. And ultimately when you feel like deserting your God-given destiny, that's when he has attacked your personal worship and sapped your spiritual strength. And that's what he seeks to do. When he cannot, cannot gain victory through the weariness of the body or worry of the mind, he resorts to attacking the worship in your spirit. But child of God, I want to remind you the Lord can give you the strength you need to disrupt, disturb, and destroy the enemy's attacks. Ah, oh, yes. He can give you the physical, mental, and spiritual strength you need to experience the renewal, release, and restoration he has. We're grateful that you have joined us for our Word for Your Walk broadcast from the sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church. We invite you to visit us and worship with us Salem Church, 3131 Lake Street. And please visit our website at salembc.org. And we yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.